Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont. And with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing fine. You know, it's we're having a heat wave right now. It's called It's 40 Above. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, here we have early spring, and so it's the the pollen is in full effect, uh, and every my allergies are like, and er, and everyone's just like, oh gosh, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah. you know, we yeah. will be talking weather um, later tonight because yeah. of yeah. what happened on The Last of Us. But yeah, before that, you did were telling me that. Um, Despite a very quiet week, at last minute, a few things were announced, or a few things dropped, a few tidbits that Will just likes to see me try to figure, navigate around. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I feel like this is semi-torturous of him, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, of course, <laughs> he has to bring up what all of our listeners <laughs> know, already know about, but... um. The Flash has officially wrapped up filming the final season, and for the very last time, Grant Gustin hung up the cowl, and sayonara, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that truly, that was truly, like, a last-minute thing I added, like, literally right before we started recording tonight, because I know a lot of our fans, a lot of our listeners still are big fans of The Flash, and, and and I have been watching and been commenting quite a bit on my, on my Twitter timeline as far as the, 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 final season and uh you know uh it i i got into when i saw things were um wrapping uh definitely was gotten to a very sentimental mood for sure uh i ended up actually rewatching some been rewatching the first season because i needed to remember how great this show what uh, was when it when it first uh premiered nine years ago but uh yeah so gotta gotta recognize the uh the end of an era yeah i'm sorry you just said nine years ago it premiered and i was just like oh my god i'm getting older um <laughs> it happens but it does happen. um yeah i mean i'm curious because i know you've been doing the mini spoiler reviews about picard and everything and um but what have you looked at your algorithm to see if you get more flash interactions when you post stuff about that show or Picard? Uh, it's about, I mean, you know, the Picard has been really picking up because people have really enjoyed the season compared to the first two. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm noticing, I'm noticing that more so uh, this time around than, uh, than our, than a, the first two seasons of that show. Right. Uh, I did, um, without having to be asked to watch it, I did watch the third episode all Mm -hmm. on my own um, because I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, people, the glory part two is coming out this weekend. (laughs) I am so excited, (laughs) but that's going to be a binge and then probably a re-binge. So I don't know, (laughs) but I did watch it. Now, all I really remember is, like, a few faint details about it, but I did watch it. I did observe it. It's, mm-hmm. it's doing fine. Um, it's just, it's 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 trickling away, but, um, yeah, I know I'm definitely in the minority about this season of Picard so far. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, I um I do appreciate everyone giving um Will love for his Picard reviews, and he's our Trek expert, so that all is right in the world. Yep, okay. yeah, all all is right in the world, and I'm I'm really loving the Trek. I know it's it's definitely um a definite improvement over the last uh, the first two seasons of that of that show but also just another trek news uh, quickly the uh, star trek discovery is ending after this uh, upcoming season and they've actually pushed it back it was supposed to come out this year but they pushed it back to 2024 and it's really due to the budget cuts that all the studios are are, are really doing with uh, content right now um, because streaming is not as profitable as they, they, they had hoped yeah yeah so all of us lazy viewers <laughs> who who are um well, lazy subscribers cinemas yep. <laughs> buy things, you know yeah. we'll just wait for it to drop on streaming yeah yeah we're all to blame here <laughs> we have you subscribe and then as soon as the season's over you just unsubscribe yep. so <laughs> yep I've, I've done that um man but I've lately my subscriptions have been keeping on because when an, when one show wraps another begins and you know mm-hmm. that's the way you got to plot them. Yep. Um, but why why you should have stopped me when I was saying all is right in the world because all is not right in the world because just when we get some good news mm-hmm. about the Born Again series. It's taken away from me once again. And you know what I'm talking about because it was announced that John Bernthal will return to play the Punisher in the Born Again series. Great, fantastic. Him and Charlie Cox, great chemistry. You know who he has better chemistry with? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Deborah Ann Wool. Okay. Eldon Hansen, love him, whatever. Don't care about Foggy right now, okay? What the fuck? <laughs> as soon as I saw that today, I was just, I, I immediately thought of you and also our our, our friend Carrie as well, because I know you guys love you some Karen Page. We, no, it's not, it's not even Karen, because honestly, I hated her in first season. It's when Karen is with Frank, okay? <laughs> there is something very magical and... He, I am not necessarily a completionist, okay? I think we've had this talk before. I still have yet to watch the last episode of Mr. Robot. But when it comes to my love triangles, my love ships, you better give me some sort of ending. Right now, that ship, there's it's inconclusive. And I don't like it. I don't like living in this world with <laughs> inclusive. You know, if she's going to be with Matt, let her be with Matt. But if... You, you keep dangling this carrot. I, I did watch Punisher season two. It was not as good as Punisher season one, but I did watch it. Mm-hmm. And I did watch Daredevil season three. All the signs were there, people. Yeah. So I'm just, you know. Yeah. I, feel I like this is a ploy because in some way I'm like, there's still hope. <laughs> <laughs> that's why yeah as of now i mean anything can happen right because yeah because a while ago i thought they were saying oh no john bernthal isn't coming back as punisher right. and I was, yep. I was like oh whatever it's okay we got a yeah. she devil you know happening yeah. <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in some in some um 
<clears throat> Wattpod um, or Wattpad. I forget what it's yeah. called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys know. You guys yeah. know what I'm talking about. Now, let me ask. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this because at least in the Hollywood Reporter article that uh, reported this news today, it they basically it was open-ended right now whether they are writing these characters out altogether or possibly have a recast if they were to recast nope nope okay here's why a recast in this instance would not work okay why not recast daredevil Mm. if you're not going to bring like you've already established the characters in this world you're bringing Mm. the main character along and then Punisher along, yet yet the supporting cast, they all get recast. I understand supporting cast isn't as important as the main characters, but still, that seems very odd to me. Mm-hmm. And all a viewer who watched the original shows would be doing would be like comparing the chemistry. Yeah. And when I say the chemistry between John Bernthal and yeah. Jeff Van <laughs> is hot. Like it's pretty freaking hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's very interesting. You know, the other thing too with this, with this bringing Punisher in and not bringing in, you know, two classic characters, with the Daredevil Born Again story, and I, I know they're they're adapting it for the Disney Plus, but at least in the comic book run, I think I think I believe Frank Miller wrote, had wrote it. Um, Punisher wasn't a part of that that storyline, so. Right. Yeah, so it's... I mean, but that's nothing new for the MCU. Yeah, exactly. They take these ideas and don't paint by number them into the shows or into the movies. They they play with the the things in their universe. Something that I do think could happen and why maybe um, we won't get Karen and why they would need to bring in uh, the Punisher is if um, the whole thing is about how Karen is killed. Mm. And then it's about revenge. And you have these two um, characters with very different um, ideologies about justice, mm-hmm. but both want revenge for her. And so so that would be interesting. And that would be kind of um, a little bit similar to the way they introduced the Punisher in season two of Daredevil, which... I mean, there better be a way to watch season two of Daredevil before this show comes out because that that's arguably the best season of the show. And um, those first four episodes with with Frank Castle, my God, <laughs> it's just it's just great, great yeah. television. So, um, but yeah, I I can see them doing that, and I would be fine with that. But I don't want to recast. Mm-hmm. If you're not gonna have her, okay, and also. Don't kill her off screen. Mm. Better not do any bullshit like that. No. We need to, like, if that's going to be the motivating factor for not one but two characters, then, yeah, you, you, we, have to, we have to remember what their relationships were and then have it taken away from us. You know, Last of Us style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, so... We'll see, you know, because by the, by the point this series drops, Will, you might be burnt out again on the MCU. Yeah, it might. Yeah, well, it's, it's coming in what, 2024, I believe. So, so no, yeah, it's, right it's a, right around the corner. 
It's right around the corner. But yeah, but it's going to be a massive. Uh, I mean, it's it's like traditional episode count. I mean, it's like eighteen episodes, so it's it's um it's going to be a pretty epic thing for for fans who've been wishing for Charlie Cox to return as Daredevil. Yeah, and and now John Bernthal to return as Punisher. So yep. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking over the weekend. I was thinking about you and your love-hate relationship with MCU. And um, I have come to the conclusion that I have yet to be burnt out by the MCU, but I am so burnt out by Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I understand Andor dropped like four months ago, three mm-hmm. months ago. It, it's been a bit. But now that we're right back into Mandalorian, I'm just like, oh, my God, I need a break from being in the space. Maybe mm. it's because we're watching Picard right now at the same time. It's a lot of space thing happening. Um, but, but yeah, I just – and so to end the new segment before we get into Mandalorian discussion, if you haven't already guessed what my opinions are um, – Will does want to always bring up a director who I love to bash for some weird reason. Um, but the on and on again, off again, Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie from Patty Jenkins is no longer in development, as well as the Kevin Feige Star Wars project. And maybe, maybe Will, it mm-hmm. also has something to do with like their project announcements and developments and directors and all of that. Very similar to the hate-hate relationship I have with the DCEU. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a lot of the decisions Warner Brother makes. <laughs> yeah. So um, maybe it's coincidence. I don't think so. But yeah, um, I'm not yeah. surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I know we... Uh, it is true. I mean, this thing with Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Speaking of DC, it, it it you know it did creep its head over there with uh, whether or not Wonder Woman three was going to be made and 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 the whole drama between with uh, whether or not uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran like you know removed Patty from from that film and, and and all the things going on with that in the DCEU and DCU. Uh, but yeah, the um, you know this is this is one of those things where you know that this was had a grand announcement at one of the D twenty three expos. I guess during the, was it during the pandemic or right before the pandemic uh, where we got this announcement, and then um, and it just sort of languished for for a while. Like really, I it guess was, uh, it was during. <laughs> one of like the Star Wars dates. I just remember yeah. her um, pulling a um, Top Gun move. Yeah, yeah. I I totally and it was all video captured. So yeah. it was like at one of the Comic Con Star Wars Day things or yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, so they had the big announcement, and then you know there was also a lot of rumblings about Kevin Feige and I guess Michael Waldron who who is one of the script writers for the uh, uh, um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I think he's also going to be writing one of the upcoming Avengers, uh, maybe Secret Wars uh, in the in the in the in phase five and six. So, yeah, so Feige was, you know, there's been this thing about Feige being a part of 
coming over to Lucasfilms and possibly being a successor to Kathleen Kennedy and all that. But I guess Disney was like, no, Kevin, you got, you, you just got to make sure you keep the train running well with the MCU. So they, they tabled that. But that being said, Taika Waititi uh, ha- has talked about doing a Star Wars film and looks like his film could still be developed for 2025 because there is a spot for a Star Wars film that in that year, not only would he develop it, but also possibly star in it like he did Jojo Rabbit. And then there's also uh, another project um, that could happen uh, from director Shireen Odebay Chinoy. She maybe i know daniel lindelof was talking about writing a script and she could possibly be the director for that script that lindelof is is been talking about uh writing so so there's you know but the thing is you know star wars as far as the movie universe ended not so well with rise of skywalker maybe that was that was sort of the thing that kind of kicked off your your feelings about the franchise like how i have felt recently with the mcu it's just uh was very underwhelming and and so maybe um, i actually don't think that's what it was because i remember (laughs) being in the minority where i came out of that movie and was like it was a popcorn film. It's perfectly. <laughs> I, I know it was goofy. It's probably really lame. For yeah. some reason, I just watched the movie and took it for what it was. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I can do that, and sometimes I can't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like yeah. not to flash back to a few weeks ago when we were talking about Quantumanium. We were kind of on a little opposite sides on it because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, we I, I um, hated that movie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's not even hate because I know it wasn't awful. I've definitely have seen worse movies. I was just appalled by some of the dialogue and just <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, and yeah. a lot of missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. And the fact that barely anybody in my theater was laughing like said a lot to me. If mm-hmm. I had a theater where a lot of people were laughing and I wasn't. I would definitely say that and be like, okay, so it did work for some people. But when I had like nobody, I was like, okay, something is off. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah, 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 that's true. It, I, it didn't work in my theater, but that, that to be honest, uh, when I think about maybe one, maybe a handful, but nothing comparative um, than, you know, what you would, ex- what they were probably hoping for, even though I know the tone was a little bit different, but, you know, again, getting back to Star Wars, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think maybe they're just, they they know that, let's just focus on the TV universe, Star Wars Celebration is coming up in London, um, I think next month, and, and so there's like at least four projects that they'll be talking about there with Ashoka, uh, the uh, and and three other sh- series that uh, will be uh, premiering on Disney Plus. So I think they're just you know Andor season two is in production right now. So there's you know there's they're they're doing well on the TV streaming side. So I guess maybe if they take their time to get the right projects for for the next film series, I'm okay with that. Right. <clears throat> Yeah, definitely. And speaking about the TV side, um, let's finally talk about the premiere of Mandalorian season three. Will, what are what are your thoughts about this um, start of the third season? So my overall, 
I I did I enjoyed the episode. It was the 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 title was the apostate that it, it, it picks up um after uh, the events well after the events of Book of Bubba Fett, uh, which you know we did recommend to folks last week to go listen to our recaps of Boba Fett, even even though we both struggled to get through that series, at least watched you know the the, the Mandalorian, uh, Mando, Dinjar, and two and a half portions of the that series. Uh, but I, you know I thought it was it it just basically was a very short episode that just sort of set the it was truly a, a setup episode where you had reminders as far as like pulling back some things as we were talking before the show today uh things from season one um i think it definitely did did help if you watched mando two and a half just to sort of sort of set the scene for why Dinjarin is in this tricked out in one naboo fighter and 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 how he and Grogu have been reunited because, you know, they were, they, did, they did try to have some of that info, info in the little featurette, you know, previously on when the episode started. But it, I think it it definitely, at least for for me, I'm glad I did that rewatch before watching this season, just so everything could be kind of fresh in my head because it's been a year and and a lot did happen during those uh, three episodes during Mando two and a half. And my last point, as far as overall thoughts, before we get into like the uh, episode um, itself, um, I, I thought that um, it was it was you know it was enjoyable and um, and it was definitely you know especially coming off the hills of Andor, um, while it was enjoyable. You know, it was definitely closer to the, I guess, the pew, 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 you know, popcorn elements of Star Wars that people really enjoy versus the more deeper grounded um, series that Andor was. So I will say when I first started watching it, I, you know, I, with Andor still so fresh in my head and that more grounded nature of this that series, uh, it, it did take me a moment to sort of get back into the, uh, I guess, the funner side elements of star wars uh with with the start of this third season yeah um essentially what happens is there's three giant set pieces that mm-hmm. occur within the span of 30 minutes um so that takes up probably about 10 20 to 15 minutes of your show um and then in between there's a little bit of exposition but not really exposition but kind of boring exposition and then just like whatever (laughs) i don't see that and i think that's yeah i think that's where i will say that the the exposition it would be if you do watch it out of context of not having the the info fresh in your head about what happened in two and a half it would be kind of like i I would I want to I wish we had somebody on the show who went into that episode not having watched Boba Fett, not having us spoil that um what occurs in Boba Fett for them and say, do you understand? Because to me, and I I haven't watched Boba Fett like ever. I won't ever watch that again. Um I haven't watched rewatched any of the season Mandalorian and I feel like it was beaten over the head. We get it. He took off his mask. 
clearly Grogu is back. Like clearly, like I, it just felt like it was it was mentioned a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but mentioning yeah, but mentioning something versus like experiencing something or two, you know, it's kind of like you had to oh, be I there. Completely agree that it's yeah. a, two different things, and that yeah. you still you should have to experience it. I'm not. I'm not trying to defend the writers for making okay. the decision of having them a very good season two finale mm-hmm. get um get undermined by a show that isn't even under the same banner as The Mandalorian mm-hmm. and have that weaved into its show because honestly that show needed life support. So yeah. it's just like I'm not trying to defend. I'm just saying okay. I I think that um viewers I don't think viewers would have as hard of a time as you would think mm-hmm. figuring out what happened. Um they might then be like, "Okay, well, clearly I missed something, so maybe I will go back and rewatch this or watch this for the first time." Um if I felt like I needed, or I would just cheat and look it up on YouTube, just figure out what to see yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I I think you raised a good point though towards the end about how this show, um, before Andor, mm-hmm. um, it 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 had a lot more grounded elements, um. But this to to come off of Andor and to start it with this first episode being so short, very directed towards kids, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. had puppets, guys. There were a lot of puppets that I forgot about and I was reminded about um, yeah. when I was listening to people talk about the show. And um, there was puppets and there was just it was a lot of action. And I mm-hmm. I'm sorry, we're in the season of Pedro Pascal and I will. I see Pedro Pascal on screen every week now, right at the moment, like just slaying it with the dialogue, yeah. slaying it with the human emotion. Mm-hmm. And then you put him in a mask, and it kind of makes me mad. <laughs> like, take off your helmet again, sir, because I want to see you break down again. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's just it. I, for me, having with the with the juxtaposition of Mando and 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 Dinjar and and Joel, it actually it actually heightens my appreciation for him and the work that he does with his voice and his body movements as Dinjar and with his head covered. It actually actually the the scenes with with Din and Grogu actually resonated more with me now um because you know they because he already has you know he's cornered the market on the the protector dad actor you know and but it's it, you know but whether it's in a mask or whether he is roughing it out as joel it just it, that 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 performance that his his acting really just shines even through i mean it did before and that's why i think i mean that's clearly why this this show has like resonated with folks the mandalorian that is for like like the last two and a half seasons because Mm -hmm. of just his sheer mannerisms and his sheer 
just personality and everything, even coming through that mask. Uh, and, you know, so, and I get your point about the facial acting kills. I mean, every week it's like a masterclass in face acting on the last of us, <laughs> but yeah. Well, I just, I mean, my point about the mask aside, like at the end of the day, I just don't think he's given the dialogue. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, like it's yeah. night and day and that, and maybe that's what irritates me is that I, I felt like, and and I, I don't know how many times I have to repeat this. I don't rewatch these shows and I come in very like, Will told me maybe two things <laughs> at <laughs> one point. I don't rewatch the trailers. And yet everyone, I mean, we even we even saw Bo Katan this mm-hmm. this episode. And at first I was like, okay, let me remember. Okay, that's it. She wanted the dark saber. Mm-hmm. He took it. He ended up getting it. She can't have it. So every, it seemed like everything made sense of where people were. Yeah. Um, and and it, I don't know. I just felt very much like I need a second episode because mm-hmm. this feels very unfulfilled. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel like yeah. the start. It feels like a half start. Yeah. Um, and. And it's not, I'm not saying that I want, I want it to be longer because if this is all they want to do for that first episode, then I'm like, okay, make it as short as you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I, I would, I would agree with you there. I think like, as we were, as we were discussing before we started recording it, I think if this, it would have, I think they would have been better served to have dropped the first two episodes just to like, because from prop especially from what I've heard as far as people who have had the opportunity to watch screeners for the, the first two episodes that how they complement one another. Mm-hmm. And, and so, uh, I, you know, it probably would have just seen the beats that they had here because, you know, when the episode first starts, I mean, I, I one, I did like the way the episode started because it, I, you know, I, I, I fell for the head fake. I will freely admit it. I really thought that we had a flashback going on there where they were showing how then what, you know, did take the creed and all that. Uh, and, you know, and I thought that was, and I, and I, I that was one of the things that, why I enjoyed this episode, because even though it ended up being just, you know, some random kid, probably Paz Vizsla, uh, who was uh, one of the Mandalorian that was, at the ceremony it it i you know it it really it set the tone as far as like sort of the the whole issues that that were brought up again in this episode as far as the um you know the creed and everything about his sect of the mandalore and but the but then the thing that did bother me a little bit was the seemingly the contradiction between (laughs) mando two and a half and the armor in this episode where she's like you, you know, before you got to go bathe in the waters of of Mandalore to get redeemed. But then now she's like, but those things don't exist anymore. So I'm like, all right, we got, you know, here's to your point about the writing. Here's the flaw. Is there a flaw here in the writing? Because you just said one thing in one series and now you're contradicting it in the next. So those are the kind of things where I'm kind of like, Arr. but uh, and I'm sure they'll resolve all those issues because then he he further you know shows that there someone had gone to mandalore and you know uh, found a piece of it 
you know, that it, it is able to like able to she, go in there. It yeah. seemed like she wanted um, him to go. Yeah. Yeah, like there was something about the look in Katie Sockoff's eyes at the end of that episode where it's like, this is going according to plan. Like mm-hmm. there, I, 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 it's, it, it's interesting to me that despite her clearly being um, deflated about mm-hmm. everything in the whole situation, they still present her on a throne in a yeah. Mandalorian castle. And there's just something about the way Katie played it, where by the end of the scene, I was just like, okay, this girl is playing some kind of chess game right now. She's got yeah. something else going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she's just moving him to where, where he needs to be because she's going to get that saber eventually. Yeah. Um, in her mind, yeah. in the game that she's playing. So, and yeah. and I heard some interesting theories about how um, Grogu turned his back on becoming a Jedi, mm-hmm. um, giving up something he was like born to be, um, but his love for Bando, I, like it was, he had to give it up. He couldn't have right. both. Yeah, and, that, and yeah. Yeah, and so I heard I heard a theory about how this season will be about how Mando realizes that when he took off that helmet, it wasn't just like he broke the Kree, but clearly his love for Grogu outweighed mm-hmm. his his loyalty to um this it's almost a religion like yeah, this it is. this this fellowship. Um, and so he might eventually realize that and then give it up again. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know how to feel about that because one of my biggest gripes for all three seasons of Mandalorian has been that they they tapped out they tap dance around really getting into Mandalorian lore. Mm-hmm. Um and every time they kind of briefly graze it, I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. That's new. I'm sick of this Jedi shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's explore some interesting lore. Um, uh, but then they swerve. And so I hope that we we do get that more executed this season, which I, yeah. I think they will. But yeah. never surprises me when writers go in a completely opposite direction. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah I, th- yeah, I think that I mean uh, they're they're gonna get deep in into the Mandalorian religion set and all. I mean they're setting so many things up. I mean they're in with you know I think with the side quest it's sort of they're just it's a little bit of padding, <laughs> you know, just to uh, to set you know and, uh, we'll see in the second episode when he goes off on the side quest to get that the chip for uh, IG eleven. But uh, but I think you're right about what you know with 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 I I see the point there with the theory with Bo-Katan and and you know, and also I mean this this show is leaning heavily into Rebels which Filoni uh, was was you know was showrunner sure. for and you know, and and there was in, in the, there was some critical events that happened on Mandalore before the Great Purge that was that's been referenced in this series. 
uh, with Sabine Wren and, and Bo-Katan and the Darksaber and stuff as far as, you know, Civil War. So, um, so I think all those, all those elements are, are, are going, are, are coming into, into, you know, full circle here post, uh, post battle of, uh, Endor in, in the, in the, in the new Republic. So, you know, I think that, you know, every, so that theory that you, that you, that you've heard, I mean, I can see where that, that will, that will come into play and, and where the, you know, either Dan Jaren will, you know, blend the two sects of, of the Mandalore in, into, into maybe a, a new, a, a new way, because, you know, clearly, you know, you had, you know, even he even points it out to Bo-Katan on the one hand, you're like poking fun at, at all of us about with our silly creed. But on the other hand, you're following, you know, you, you, you can't have a bunch of followers because you don't have the magic sword. So which is it? Mm-hmm. So, and so I think like that theory that you heard, I mean, I think this is, this is possibly that third way that, that, if Din Djarin comes out on top of all the, you know, between these competing sects of Mandalore, you know, he can, he, he will be the one that will be able to reconcile the two. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. On that note, let's head over to the last of us. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Well, so, yeah. um, what did you think of David? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So this episode, it's this episode was just talk about like we were saying about contradictions within the in the Mandalorian. This one was full of juxtapositions, <laughs> and, and and David was as soon as I saw him on the screen, and I I just knew that I I I got creepy vibes from him from the from the get. Right. I, I did. Uh, it was just whenever we were first introduced to him and you know he's there with James and and we're starting in the in the in the steakhouse there slash church slash community hall um I I was just like oh I see where this is going it's that is you know it it, the cult aspects were just oozing off of the screen whenever whenever things started out so it was just for me for me, it was like, where, where is this going to go into our, with, into our overall story? And, 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 right. uh, it, it went where I thought it was going to go. Right. Yeah. My one, um, I was a bit annoyed at first because when the episode started, because I was like, shit, Troy Baker isn't playing David. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was like, last week I was like, Ooh, if he's playing David, that would be interesting. And, and mm-hmm. here's why. Um, in the game, David is voiced by um, Nolan North, who mm. plays um, the main character in the Uncharted series, Nathan mm. Drake, who voices him in um, the Uncharted series. And in the fourth Uncharted game, um, Troy Baker voices um, his brother in the game. Okay. Okay. And and so one of the things that when I was getting into the story that I watched was I watched Troy Baker um watch Nolan North play through the game for the very mm. first time. 
<laughs> um, and and I just I thought that would be so interesting to like take the actor who played Joel and that or the voice actor who played Joel in the game and put him in David because David's like the he he's that like um how do you put this? I, I don't want to say he's the ultimate big bad, but he's like that that like last uh, yeah, whatever. David is David. That's yeah, he's a the master manipulator gaslighter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He and and he's wonderfully played by this actor. I just I really would have liked that like switcheroo they did with the voice actors, but whatever. Um so so you said that it went exactly the way that you thought it would. My question then is, at what point did you realize they were eating other people? Um, now that, so I didn't, the, the, the cannibalism aspect, that one, I guess it was real time when I watched, if I watched episode twice, real, the first time I, I didn't pick up on it until probably close to the time that Joel found, found the, the bodies hanging in the, in the shed. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Well, well, let's see. Let's see. No, 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 no. Let's see. LA saw the ear in the cage. That's when I realized that that was going on. But, wow. Yeah. I, but, I'm surprised because, yeah. so what did you, what did you think then um, about that moment when they bring the meat in to the kitchen and the cook asks, well, what is it? And then it's venison. Um, but, but they hadn't brought the deer back. Yeah. I, you know, uh, see, I, 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 I was under the impression that they had brought the deer back. Okay. Yeah. Because they did kind of, they, it was clearly at night. And, and I think this is fascinating just because, um, you watched the episode exactly the way the writers wanted to. So mm -hmm. like you not picking up on the cues is a great thing. Um, and I only knew about it because I, I know the story. Um, right. and, and so it was, it was very much, I was like, Oh my yeah. God, are they, I was thinking to myself, are they telegraphing it? Are they, yeah. Oh, uh, but no, they, they did a very good job, which, yeah. which is great but, about, yeah. because they, for me, even though I knew it, I did think that overall mm -hmm. the episode was done very well because um, it was probably arguably one of the, if not the, one of the best episodes that is paced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because you really do feel like you were, you know something's wrong, but mm -hmm. you can't put your finger on it. And and at the same time, you know the clock is ticking with Joel. Mm -hmm. You know, like like you're you you are that you're. They put you in this situation where you do feel like Eddie Ellie, where you're like you're helpless, and you need someone, and that's why the manipulation that comes with David and comes with this little group, um, is yeah. is so fascinating to watch unfold and just yeah. because yeah um yeah because i i tell you yeah because i mean like you you nailed it perfectly uh what you just said there i knew something was off right and the thing that i was you know the, the thing where the pedophile aspect and, and and all that was where you know whenever 
he was interacting with the uh what was her name i think hannah the young young girl yeah. uh whenever they were mourning her father's death I, I that that was the angle i was like oh yeah so he's you know he's 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 got the, he's got something going on with this with the, this kid the first uh, scene or the second scene the first scene the first scene interesting yeah that's because the, that was, i I didn't I didn't pick up on the pedophile then um just because I don't he was never interested in her like he's he's not he 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 was interested in Ellie for a very different reason yeah yeah it had and you know Ellie could have in in my opinion Ellie could have been of age mm-hmm. he still would have been attracted to her Yes, he would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was her, yeah, it was her personality because he basically, I mean, it was this. You know, again, he's the master manipulator. He has all. The, he's the alpha. He has all these sheep around, and and he could just prey on them. I mean, that's how James, you know, Troy Baker's character, just like when they had the whole conversation out there at the beginning about a sense faith, you know, a sense doubt and and your faith and 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 even though James is like on the one hand, he's like. Uh, I know this guy's like fucked up and he's weird and stuff, but you know, but he's such a great, you know, but just like any abuser gaslighter, they know what buttons to push and, and to, to keep you under their control. Right. I and actually, so- um, kind of funny had Troy Baker on this week hmm. and he talked, um, Will, you're still not allowed to listen to it because they do give away season two spoilers. Yeah, I don't listen to them because of that. So, <laughs> but um, he talked about how he, with with his approach to that character is that um, he was trying at all odds to maintain as much of a moral upper hand because he knew what was mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to maintain the moral upper hand, and that's why he didn't right away shoot Ellie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, because because when he was going to like at first he sees her as the enemy, but right. then right when he has his opportunity, he realizes this is a little kid. Yeah. How how and and if he does that, then he's just as bad as David. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think he alludes alludes to that too in the uh, official companion piece. Right. Um, on you know that they have uh as well uh, you know as far as speaking of troy baker's character especially on the second rewatch whenever they are having the big feast and they are you know whenever yeah. that the look on you know that going in you know whenever he does that look away during the big while well, everybody else you know and, and the sounds of that yeah. scene especially like hits even harder when you realize like you know, they're eating people. <laughs> and, that's why I was like, are they telegraphing this? <laughs> no, no. So that's a step. No. I know because the way they have structured the episode, you know, with the cult with the literally the literal cold open. <laughs> right. And and, I, and how brutal it that, that condition is. And then, you know, and I was saying before how this is like an episode of juxtapositions because, you know, two episodes prior, you have Jackson, which is like a, a pretty a functioning society. Whereas right. You had this resort town that, you know, when they came upon it probably in the spring, it was like, this is beautiful. But then they weren't prepared for this winter. And then right. have the whole conversation with the food and the rashes and everything else. So it hits. I mean, it was hit, you know. It hits harder for me on a second watch, <laughs> even though, 
you know, when you hear it, you know what it actually is. And 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 and, and Troy Breaker did a great job there as as James playing that like well, and then you know it, it, that pause was just like everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. That um two things on what you just said. Um Troy Baker said um to kind of funny that that scene was actually cut down mm-hmm. and it went on longer and um but they they were worried um about it being too clear that like he clearly doesn't want to eat that because he knows what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so um they had to cut out some other things that they did and I'm I'm like now thinking to myself I want to see the director's cut because I yeah. want to understand yeah. more because there were some interesting choices Troy Baker and another actor did mm-hmm. in that moment um and to go back to your point about the cold um it took me pretty much all episode to realize like well not not to realize um how should i start this so for those who haven't played the game um and don't know much about it other than what we've seen so far which it's pretty much the gist of it um the weather actually plays a very important role in -hmm. terms of um setting because if i recall correctly a lot of the chapters um, a few chapters begin with like summer, mm-hmm. fall, winter, spring, like like to move you through this journey that we're on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this episode more so than any of the others, you really feel that, um, but you really see it both visually and you feel it on purpose. And I and I think to myself, coming from someone who's nine plus months of the year surrounded by cold snow. Mm -hmm. So I understand it and it doesn't scare me, but it, it's often missile. Like it's often, um, it can be 20 below, Mm -hmm. but the sun is out Mm -hmm. clear skies and you're just looking outside your window. Like, Oh my God, I can go outside. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> it's twenty below. Like yeah. you, like it's um. There is something very when it's a clear sky day in the winter that is very misleading. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to trust it. You want to be like, oh, we'll be perfectly fine. But you can't. And I think that's why, in terms of setting, um, like they really, it it really elevated this episode. And it's not because it wasn't winter in the game as well. Like, I'm not saying that at all. It, it really right. was. Um, this arguably is, from what I remember, like, beat for beat what happened in the game. <laughs> <laughs> like, and the choices they made of stuff to cut out mm-hmm. is because they are telling the the format difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 I love that, and I think that um, I think in in the hands of other showrunners or of people who are just wanting to capitalize on a game's success rather than its story would have made different choices oh, and the agree. wrong choices. Yeah, completely agree. Right, because there are a lot of there are a handful of like big gameplay moments that 
that occurred throughout these nine episodes in the game, but they're not in the, the show because you take those out and you replace them with character moments. You re- replace them with expanding upon these characters who you know are going to die. You're you're just going to deal with for one episode, but still to, to really... Um, to understand Joel and Ellie, you need these characters. Mm-hmm. Like that's the other thing that I keep I keep loving about this show is that everyone they encounter is fascinating on their own. But why I don't fall asleep while they're talking or I don't care about their scenes is because I know that they are shining a light on a characteristic of Ellie, on a characteristic of Joel, or on mm-hmm. a characteristic of their relationship that is mm-hmm. important in terms of the overall story. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You, you, uh, yeah. I can't add anything more to that. I mean, that's that that that's is an excellent summation of all the people they've encountered in their travels. Right. Because I mean, with David. Yeah, it's really easy to go heavy-handed with the pedophile stuff, but it wasn't toward until she's trapped in the cage, and then, and then you start to like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's yeah. proposing to her. She's fourteen, and then he, what? What is? I I didn't. So like, yes, Ellie saved herself, but mm-hmm. David got himself killed because of his own ego because Mm -hmm. of his like oh we're burning down i'm just going to try to have sex with you right here (laughs) what because of your own like um lust your or desire like it it was control it was yeah it was at the at its at its core because you know taking it roll it back just a little bit to when they do capture her and put her in a cage and you know, he kept, well, hell, even from the moment they first met, I mean, it was all about, it was like a grooming because yeah, they had, they could, they had the opportunity to kill her, but no, he was like, no, 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 no. You know, it's, like you said, I mean, whatever the motivation was at that point, mainly because he saw, he, you know, he was attracted to her, not because, and, and whether she's 14 or of age, it was her first force of personality. So he was like, let's get them to, let's get them to penicillin. Yeah. And, it, and he's like, I'm not talking in code. He, he really meant it because it was right. that bringing her in and bringing in that trust. And Ellie, you know, and, it, it, and especially it was such, you know, Ellie's for all her issue, you know, all the things. Naive in some ways, but she's also street smart in other ways. And but she was getting more. She got, lack of a better term, seduced into trust, trusting this man. In in some regard, and because he was like, you know, she because at that point she was just like, I gotta help Joel, you know. She took on the Joel. She she took on the Joel role of being the protector, and I gotta get this. I gotta figure out a way to get Joel healthy, right? Save his life, right? So yeah, so yeah, so and, and as the episode progresses, until they're in the cage. She's in the cage, and then you know he, he keeps asking her name and stuff, and then you know he just continued to gaslight, gaslight until that, and he thought he finally succeeded until she like the Ellie 
smartness or whatever kicks in and she like breaks his finger. And I love that moment where she's like, oh my God, you know, we go yeah. back. I want to broke your fucking finger. So that's when it like, you know, when she saw the ear and everything else at all, she got snapped back into reality and realized like, oh, fight or flight. I got to get out of this situation. I Well, she's, she was trying to get out from the moment she woke up in that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, what, um, What I what I find interesting about David is that he's um, his emphasis on father, mm-hmm. like whether he's a preacher who's a father <laughs> or <laughs> he um, he talks to Hannah and mentions you will never be without like he sees these these people, these kids as being fatherless and he wants as a form of control as you said he wants to fill that void so he has to make sure that ellie is fatherless so that he can fill that void because she needs someone and i i think this episode is beautifully um oh yeah titled too is because and and that's like i don't think ellie is naive i think she's a clearly in a desperate situation yeah yeah and that's what he sees an Mm -hmm. animal cornered yeah yeah um which is another um word that is tossed and tossed around a lot and then also visually thrown like is it's just there is so much in this episode that um whether it be the dialogue or just how they shot the things that i just think it's it's um it's perfect it's yeah it's this weird this um lovely mix of um horror and suspense and mm-hmm. also just just desperation and survival um yeah. at its core i mean we got a full ellie going carry <laughs> moment <laughs> and yeah. oh man especially from that moment forward I say this probably every week, but I don't understand how much, like, this is the first time I truly looked at um, Ellie and was just like, why do you even look like, or looked at Bella and was like, why do you even look like Ashley Johnson? It's just uncanny to me, the -hmm. fact that both of these actresses played this role. And yet, I'm just like, you... I don't know which one's better. I don't. It's the same. It's just Ellie. And yeah. and and not to say that it's not similar to Joel. It's just different. There There's still something about it where I'm like, no, this is still Pedro Pascal's version of Joel. And then there's a version from the game. I don't know why or I haven't figured out how to articulate um, why that is, but but there's just something uncanny about um, Bella being able to not have seen. Mm-hmm. And they brought this up during um, the after show podcast, too, about mm-hmm. especially the scene you were talking about before. Um, I'm the girl who bit your fucking finger off or broke your finger. Um, both of the actors had never watched the game and were reading the script and like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> and then they had to have it broken down for them. And yet I remember that scene from the game and I'm like, 
Oh my god, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I saw the yeah, I watched a cutscene from that and it, it's just it is it, it really is, but I think it you know it gets to the writing and, and what we were talking about earlier this episode, like with, with Star Wars and Mandalorian and Andor, it's the writing and 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 trust of the performer, I think in you know whether it was Ashley Johnson in the game or Bella Ramsey here in the in the show. But also, I, I think as a viewer, and especially with the writing, I it's an honesty where they aren't like like that. The scene where he tries to rape Ellie, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a very difficult scene to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I never felt like it was like exploitive. No, no. And it goes and it, and it goes to how it was written, how it was shot. It was, you know, it, it just like, and then her reaction to it. Um, and, and it and, also, it also wasn't um, gore for gore's sake. Right. Like they didn't show what his face looked at like nope. afterwards. Nope. They didn't, they, there was a lot of, we're not doing this. We're doing this because it's um, obviously Joel or um, David is finally getting what he wanted. And yes, the work like they're going to burn alive, but he's at least has her mm-hmm. um, or has taken her and taken like something so, so important, um, her womanhood and, and raped her and broken her, which is exactly what he wanted to do. Um, and then he let that get in the way of his own sense of, um, sense of self sense mm-hmm. of um survival and and she took advantage and and it's and and that's what i was get, trying to get at before is like she took advantage of that and that um and the writers wrote it that way because it's like well yes ellie's gonna kill him but david has to get in his own way first yeah. like his his lust has to has to cloud what he, what's really going on and then she can take advantage of that moment and exploit that and defeat him yeah yeah and and one thing that they did change from the game right. to you know from to live action is it was El, you know it wasn't Joel coming in to save her like in the game it was you know she she saved, she, you know, like you said, she took advantage of his moment of d- distraction or whatever you want to call it and, and, and extricated herself from that situation. Right. And because, it, yeah, which was a very empowering thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and it, um, it just dawned on me that, um, a few episodes ago. I don't know if you remember this episode, Will, but um, do the names Sam and Henry sound familiar? Uh, Holy. <laughs> don't she, get me she says her biggest fear is to be alone. Mm-hmm. And arguably, Ellie has never felt more alone than in, in this episode. Yep. yep. Um, and 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 David sees that, and that's that's how David is able to like just even get that opportunity to put mm-hmm. her in that cage. Oh my God. The, the whole metaphor is happening. Yeah. Um, but, and, and so you like, as a viewer, you're just like, 
yeah, her, her almost getting raped, awful. But but the vengeance, I don't know. There's just something very um, gratifying about how oh, this yeah. episode played out. And um, to go back to the baby girl moment, um, the fact you're absolutely right. The fact that it wasn't Joel, Ellie saved herself, Ellie saved Joel, but then Joel is able to to put, um, hold her in his arms and as if she's woken up from a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Been that- like, you're you're all right. I am here. We are together. Mm-hmm. We are we are leaving this town like it's over. It's done. Yeah. Um yeah, and and just says baby girl, it's okay. Like Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that was a- and the true father is there. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, that was just a beautiful moment for, you know, one he pulls her back cuz she was, you know, cuz when he you know, it's good that she didn't still have that machine, that that cleaver in her hands when he first comes up on her because she is still like it's like full on survival. I it's like, you know, what yeah, I gotta get out of this. And and then but he, he you're right, he pulls her back and he's like, and the first time in twenty years for him, he 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 feels like, you know, that all those emotions and all the things that he was holding back. He now, you know, he he's free to 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 open up his heart again, fully open up his heart and and help to help Ellie out. She's 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 pulled back from the rage that she had and just you know and all the pent up everything, and 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 pulled back into you know the 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 present mm-hmm. um, and yeah, you know, it was just a beautiful. Was, I mean, it was this is just a beautiful scene. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to make it next week. (laughs) (laughs) I I worry about you next week. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's going to be worse. Like, the fact that it's the season finale next week or the fact that it dawns on you, like, now I have to spend how much time avoiding season two spoilers? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, this show. I mean, I, like, yeah, it's, I, it's. Start to finish, even last week, even though I wasn't as, you know, moved as other, uh, but it was still a damn good show. I mean, that's just it. I mean, even, even they're like eight, eights feel like tens compared to some of the things that are out there. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, but you know, this, this episode has so many things. I mean, even like think about David and his whole, you know, the whole thing, like one of the things you had in the notes, like the, with, you know, speaking of Joel, we hadn't really talked about him much, much at all, as far as his survival um challenge that he was going through uh there back in the in in, in the neighborhood and mm-hmm. and and the you know he only had one shot really to to survive himself uh right. when when whenever the the party was looking for him and and how that really how all that all played out um right and and you know the survival and the ferocity of of when he was when he was dealing with those three you know with those with those guys in particular after he you know when he was in the on the mattress and literally just just getting had really no energy at that point because uh, he was still well, from the it's, it's it's interesting because i think in this episode 
you you see more of the Joel we met in the first episode than mm-hmm. I think we have in the last four episodes. Yeah. Um, we see more of that violent. I mean, remember, Marlene said Joel is mm-hmm. not a good person. He's done some pretty bad shit. It's been alluded. Yeah. We see a lot of it. We come because there's he's also woken up in his nightmare. Mm-hmm. He, he's lost Ellie. Like he yeah. doesn't yeah. know where she is. He yep. has to get to her. Like an adrenaline kicks in, and he he maybe is only at ten percent, but he still um, has this this motivating factor that supersedes everything. And it's just like fuck it. Yeah. Uh, if, if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die trying to get to her. Um, and 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 that's what push gives him the edge over everyone else. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but but it's both of them. Um, and maybe that's also why that ending moment works so well is because, again, both of them wake up are in this yeah. middle of their nightmares. And then by the end of it, they they wake up from it and they're together again. Yeah. And um, to tee us up for the very last episode of the season. Yeah. oh god no yeah i I don't want it to end well but i still have been sitting on stuff where i'm just like i just want to talk about something (laughs) oh my god Um, you will get the chance next week but i but there's more i can't talk about (laughs) because i know what happens in the second season Well, I appreciate you, and I'm sure all our folks who haven't played the game and listening to us appreciate you not uh, not spoiling. So we won't we won't be like kind of funny. We'll respect that. We'll we'll respect our our listeners who uh, who haven't had the opportunity to to watch or play. Yeah. yeah. All right. On that note, Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M Polk. W I L L M P O L K. And you can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Find us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and visit our website, www.sceneandnerdpodcast.com. But most importantly, rate, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs>